Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's in my show and the bulldog. How many bees is a swarm? Is two a swarm or three? Whatever. How many does it have to be? And I feel like seven. It's Mike Shope. How many, how many times do you have to be stung to have been swarmed? And I was like, dude, I got swarmed. I got stung only once, but I was swarmed. And the bulldog. You insist you were swarmed. There were bees, man, like plural, big, lots of S's. Lots of E's and S's. Bees. <laughs> that, was, that was not bees. fun. Bees. <laughs> right. That was not fun. On WGR. Hey, man, that kind of hurt. Sports Radio 550. Welcome back. Let's get our hands a little bit dirty here. The Bills into the offseason, the salary cap issues they face yesterday on WGR in his live press conference, GM Brandon Bean said, whatever the cap number is going to be, we're already above it. <laughs> so and that's without signing up to 21 unrestricted free agents they have on their roster as of now. Joining us to, we won't, you know, make it too hard for, for Brad. I'm sure Brad can handle it. And if he feels like we're asking him too much, he can just you know, leave. I hope he doesn't. Brad Spielberger of PFF and over the cap. Brad, can you help us uh, figure out what the Bills' next moves are here? Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not going anywhere. Good. So, the, the... What are they going to do? <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for starters, 21 UFAs, you know, s- several of whom are very much key players, and this... Starting point, like I mentioned from from Bean, Brad, where like we're already over the number. Is that a lot of teams? You know, I don't know if you know the twenty one exactly where that would rate, but um, I'm sure plenty of teams face the same over general challenges at this point. They're definitely near the bottom of the league. They're about let's see, thirty two, thirty one, thirty two, nine, twenty seventh in projected cap space for twenty twenty three with that overage. Uh, you know, it seems like the Chargers are ahead of them. The Vikings, the Buccaneers, the Saints also have some holes to dig their way out of. And those teams, obviously, um, you know, some of them don't have a quarterback already under contract, have some other issues to figure out. So it's not a great situation, of course, but, you know, that's that's the price you pay to be a consistent playoff team and, and a, you know, expensive and talented roster. So how, I mean, how do you think, uh, we'll start with the guys in-house first. Like, how, how would you prioritize, like, Edmonds seems like a very, or Poyer, uh, both are maybe very challenging because, Poyer, I feel like the writing's on the wall. Like, if they were going to get something done with him, I think that maybe already would have been done. Um, that doesn't mean they can't still work something out now, I know. Um, and Edmonds, boy, when we saw the Roquan Smith contract before the regular season ended, I was just like, 
okay. Uh, like, I don't think Edmonds gets that much, but it has to raise the level of pay at that position. Um, what do you think they should do with both of those guys? Yeah, so, you know, I think Poyer, like you said, he wanted an extension before this season, made that very clear. They obviously could not come to terms there. You know, always been a super durable guy, finally missed some time, you know, logged over a 1,000 snaps five years in a row before this year, finally had some nicks and bruises that kept him out. And, you know, I, I think they could maybe find a way to keep him around on a cheaper deal. I, you know, I think he believes his value is perhaps a little bit higher than the market will dictate. And I'm not saying that because, you know, PFF loves him. He grades super high every year. He's clearly an important part of this defense. But safeties over 30 years old don't really get paid outside of Harrison Smith in Minnesota, probably on the most player-friendly contract in the entire NFL. But for me, the bigger decision, I think you have to let Tremaine Edmonds walk. I know he's a first-round player. You pick up the fifth-year option. He did show growth this year. He had his best coverage grade for us by a country mile, which had always been his issue. And I was young. He's a freak athlete. We'd go on and on and on and on. But, look, you paid Matt Milano. Milano's a better player, arguably, in every facet. Um, and, and like you said, he's not going to get five years, $100 million like Roquan Smith, but probably wants to bridge the gap between Milano at 10 and a half and, and Roquan at 20, maybe getting that 15, 16, or whatever conversation. Um, this roster cannot afford that, in my opinion. I guess it's what I want to ask next is already inherent into your last comments, but you think, like, the athlete, the the age, you know, everything put together on Edmonds, the position he plays, the the way he plays, all of that adds up to a situation where he would be somewhat in high demand? To a degree. So the interesting thing this offseason is I would argue the off-ball linebacker is the, the strongest position in all of free agency. There are so many players there that I think it's going to be a buyer's market as a result, and maybe some of those mm-hmm. deals get pushed down. Um, you know, David Long in Tennessee, a very good player, you have guys across the NFL, different ages, different skill sets, different sizes, whatever you want at an off-ball linebacker you can find. Um, so maybe that helps to a degree. But, yeah, you know, for him, he did take steps this year. He still has growth potential, um, you know, has the first-round status, all those things. He's not taking some discount deal. He, if anything, you know, like I said, probably 15 16 or so million dollars, and you convince the team, hey, you're buying – still an ascending player, a guy that, you know, really was, was new to football or, or new to this level of football coming into the NFL as the second youngest draft pick in his entire class, um, you know, that, that, that's going to boost the value. With Brad Spielberger of PFF. So Shaq Lawson is another name on this defense. It feels like, Brad, that just, you know, whether it's granular and talking about contracts here or just overall on the Bills, with this loss – um, the defense really struggled in this game against the Bengals. A lot of confusion, broken coverages, and 12 men on the field a couple times. We're talking about whether Leslie Frazier is safe. Like There, there seems like this, this, the cap stuff maybe sets them up to, to overhaul a little bit, if that's not too strong a word. Lawson's another key player who is up. Um, do you have a, either a feeling on him, not to be asking you two questions at once, I'm sorry, but a feeling on him or just sort of this vibe that I'm relaying to you that maybe it sets up for the Bills to do a lot of things on defense, make a lot of changes. Yeah, I think they're going to have to. I think he's another guy where you'd like to have him, but he's frankly a bit of a luxury when you need these young players to step up. You already have, you know, first and second round picks in, in uh, Gregory Rousseau and Carlos Basham. AJ Epinesa is still getting snaps. Obviously, you want to get Von Miller back healthy. 
With the other issues, in my opinion, the offensive line should be their main priority. Getting a third receiver probably a priority. Uh, I don't think a fourth or fifth edge rusher is a luxury they can really afford. You know, as solid as he looked in the playoffs, I thought he had a good game. I thought he played well down the stretch. Um, that's just, you know, like I said, when you, like Brandon Bean said, to his credit, I know he's getting a lot of flack for the Jamar Chase component and all that, but this is the reality of roster construction in the NFL. When you're paying $43 million a year to quarterback and $24 million a year to your number one receiver, um, and then, of course, some other pricey contracts, Von Miller, Matt Milano, et cetera, uh, Tredavious White, you can't keep everyone. And, and I think Shaq Lawson's probably a guy that falls on that list. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I kind of thought, you know, I don't know how germane this is to this conversation, but, uh, Brad, they, they were in the summer. They drafted Terrell Bernard, linebacker, in the third round. And, boy, was he getting love in the summer. Like, super smart, really intuitive, instinctual. And I remember saying in the summer, they're laying the groundwork. Like, there's no way Milano and Edmonds are both on this team next year, is what I thought. And I, I think financially that still is probably right. What happened along the way, though, from the summer to now is that Bernard really sort of disappeared. Like, he, he wasn't even really an injury uh, replacement when, when either Edmonds or Milano wasn't around. Um, and so I don't know if, if, if they're still as bullish on him. And maybe laying the groundwork for, for Poyer to move it was something McDermott divulged on Monday, which is that they're thinking of moving sixth-round rookie corner Christian Benford to safety. Um, so yeah, yeah. they might. the wheels are kind of in motion is all I'm trying to say. No, 100%. And they have mixed and match those DBs on the back end and had some success moving guys around. Um, and you have to get creative you know, with things like that. You mentioned Bernard. I would say maybe the one thing working in his favor is we've seen it, it might be the toughest position right now to come into the NFL and play at a high level right away is off-ball linebacker. There is just so much stress now placed on the position as teams play more and more too high safety looks and have light box counts. They have all these responsibilities in the run game because, you know, there's less bodies down there. And they're still asked to cover, you know, tight ends and running backs and the occasional, you know, number three receiver, um, you know, lined up in the slot. So it's just it's so much stress knowing where you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to line up, you know, what your responsibilities and keys are. Um, maybe that's what you can try to, you know, sell yourself on. Is, hey, they, they thought he needed some more mm-hmm. mental grooming, uh, but, you know, physically they liked what they saw. And if they can figure that out and get him more comfortable with the playbook and, and everything they're doing, then he could, you know, get on the field and, and play some good football. Brad Spielberger of PFF, our guest, Mike Schopen, the Bulldog here. So I'm the Bills. I'm over the cap already, not knowing exactly what the number will be. And I've got these free agents, and we're trying. We're talking about whether there are ways to fit them in. And there's many more guys than those that we've mentioned. But I've still got to make cuts from who I've got. How do you tend to sort of attack that, Brad? Or how would you think Brandon Bean or a GM would attack that? Like, I've, I've got a page up. It has everybody's dead cap number, and I'm kind of starting there. Like, I see Naheem Hines at $4.5 million, but no dead cap number, so I can move on there, and I would think, if I'm reading it right, that the Bills would do that in that case. Is there a better way or another way to that to sort of try to figure out how to put the puzzle together? No, so that's, that's where I start as well. You know, I, what I do is I have a kind of evaluation metric, and I say, all right, here's what, I, here's what the data tells me this player is worth or his production was worth. Um, either last season or over the last two seasons, um, and here's what he's owed from a cash standpoint next year. If those numbers, you know, if the value is less than what he's going to get paid, then he's probably a cut candidate, um, you know, and of course, you know, and vice versa. But I, I think at the outset, you know, Hines is a decent name to mention. They also can restructure some deals, and I think there are some fairly obvious candidates 
Josh Allen, of course, being the primary one. He can clear over $20 million by doing a restructure of his contract, which, you know, when you sign a quarterback to a long-term deal, you basically, you know, cook that and you know you're going to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think Deion Dawkins and Matt Milano probably make sense there as well. Um, And then I think you get into the cuts of Naheem Hines, maybe Tim Settle going into that second year didn't show you enough what you wanted to see from him. Um, you know, but there aren't a lot of obvious candidates, which is obviously not great uh, when you're trying to clear some money off the book. I've seen some writing locally speculating about Mitch Morse being a cut candidate. And, and boy, that that like I, I made a face like my eyebrows went up when I saw that because they've got line problems to begin with. And Morse is far from a problem. Um, what, what do you think? What do you about how, how does that equation work for him as far as what he's owed and what his performance was? Yeah, so he's a super interesting case. And, and I remember last offseason, I thought maybe he was a the guy they weren't, you know, that they were going to make move on because they asked him to take a pay cut. He accepted that pay cut. And then I think he had a good bounce back year. But I thought, hey, maybe they still want to get younger there. But as you mentioned, I, I mean, uh, Rogers Heffold, you know, very good player for a very long time. You get the move there, but that was a total flop. And then Ryan Bates is a solid player. But, look, they, they gave him the lowest round restricted free agent tender for a reason, um, thinking they could get away with it. Obviously, that was a miscalculation on Brandon Bean's part. Chicago comes in with the offer sheet that they're forced to match. And Bates was okay, but he's not, you know, he's not a plus player on the interior either. So, like you're saying, it's, it kind of makes you, you know, raise your eyebrows. Oh, we're going to cut our best interior offensive linemen with question marks at both guard spots, with right tackles still kind of you know, getting mm-hmm. sorted out to a degree. Um, yeah, that, that's going to be a tough one. I think it's possible if they feel they have someone in place that they can get maybe 80% of Mitch Morris for, you know, 20% of the cost. Um, but that's, that's easier said than done. Brad, you talk about, like, restructuring the players you mentioned. Allen, you said was obvious, Milano and Dawkins. Just in general, how penal is that to a team to do it? Like, these are not moves. You, there, there might be moves you feel like you have to make and you're planning on making, but you know that to some extent down the road they're going to become a hindrance, right? I mean, just how do you sort of run the, the calculations on that? Yep. So essentially, you know, what you're doing with the restructure is basically you can view the cap as like a credit card, right? You, you can spread any cap, uh, any money out over five years if you restructure it, turn it into a signing bonus and push it down the line. And, and you know, a lot of fans will see the Rams do crazy things and the Saints and some of these teams. And, you know, they'll tell me, you know, you know, Mr. Capologist over here that, oh, the cap's fake and you can do whatever you want and there's no ramifications for it. And then you see the Saints, Rams, Falcons, all these teams that stink. Um, and I say, yeah, oh, what, what a surprise. A team that can't spend any more money and, and, you know, 40% of their salary cap is going to guys that are no longer on their roster. Oh, what a shock. They're not good anymore. So, so look, I mean, that is part of the equation. You have to do it when you have a good young quarterback and a talented team. But that's also why you see – you know, Tyree Kill is not a Kansas City Chief for a reason. Like, you have to make those tough decisions sometimes. I'm not saying the Bills shouldn't have kept Stephon Diggs. I'm definitely not saying that. But, but that's why those tough decisions have to be made because eventually the credit card bill is going to come due and, and then things get really sick. Yeah. G- given what we've been talking about here already, this is probably a dopey question to ask, but I, I just feel like I want to ask it because Brandon Bean a year ago, talked about how you know don't expect any big splashy moves you know this is not what what we're 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 lined up to do here and then of course they signed von miller uh yesterday he's asked the same question in the same way like hey last year you said you wouldn't do anything splashy and then von miller happened so you know 
tell us again, this really not going to happen? And he you know, sort of doubled down, like, well, yeah, Von Miller is our splashy one, even for this year, because it carries over. There's not enough room for them to move enough things around to do something really big, right? I wouldn't expect it. Um, you know, I, I think Von Miller was there. The, the stars kind of aligned. I mean, we saw, obviously, they were, you know, fourth for us in pressure rate when he was on the field. They were 20th when he was not on the field. I mean, that's how much of a, you know, difference he made. And you saw, you know, obviously against Cincinnati, um, they really, you know, against a bat, you know, battered offensive line could not do much. And it was because that they, they signed Von Miller for January. So it's unfortunate, you know, that he obviously got hurt earlier in the year. Um, I, I don't think he's lying this time. I, I think it would be a surprise for them to make a big move because um, we also haven't even gotten the conversation of, you know, do you feel obligated to extend a guy like Gabriel Davis going into the last year of his deal? Do you want to keep him off, you know, you know, the free agent market or avoid a franchise tag, all those things. So, you know, they have other in-house business to get, you know, taken care of that will add more money to the cap. Um, I would be surprised if they make a free agent splash. I, I think Miller just kind of worked out perfectly um, and, you know, unfortunately got hurt, but obviously it looked like a good move, at least initially. Brad, do you have a thought on Stefan Diggs? He is not somebody who, A, is up and you have to figure out, or B, like he's not a cut candidate, 45 million dead cap. I mean, he's Stefan Diggs. Um, kind of an interesting end to his season. Uh, and you mentioned hearing the Bean comment about the Bengals. I didn't think it was like at least much in the way of edgy, it's just sort of how it came out uh, when he made the comment about Jamar Chase. And that's making the rounds again today. Micah Parsons tweeted a clip of Bean saying that, you know, we didn't suck like the Bengals or whatever the exact line is. Um, so how do you feel about how the Bills with Diggs, you know, and their offense are set up here? Yeah, so I don't think Diggs can go anywhere. Um, you know, if you want to restructure his deal, you get about $5.6 million and more you know, cleared cap. And again, with those guys that you know are going to be around for the next couple of years, you're probably comfortable doing that, especially if his salary is already fully guaranteed, which it is. So, you know, the tougher part is when you start restructuring guys with salary that is not guaranteed. And so in theory, you could have cut them in without a penalty. And instead you're pushing it down the line and, and, you know, that dead cap is waiting for you at some point. So, you know, I know it was a tough end of the year. He obviously expressed frustration on the field, on Twitter, whatever. Um, but, you know, he, he's, he is this offense, um, you know, outside of Josh Allen. I honestly think they still need more help at wide receiver. You saw them obviously bring in guys like Jameson Crowder and Cole Beasley and whoever they could get. Um, I think it's because they felt they really did not have enough there. So he's not going anywhere, in my opinion. Um, as for the Bean comment, it wasn't that inflammatory. I'm not really sure why everyone's making such a big deal out of it. I think it's kind of funny, um, you know, that, that teams do, though. They're so afraid, or fan bases, I should say, are so afraid of being bad for a couple of years and then being good. And, and you look at this weekend, the Bengals, you know, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe, Joe Burrow, all because they were picking top five, you know, took Higgins the first pick in the second round. You look at San Francisco. If they don't lose all those games in 2018 and then take Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel with the second pick and the 34th pick, they're not playing this weekend either. Like, it does help to think, um, but you're not going to think it for the Bills for a very long time. That's still a good thing. Uh, I'm, I'm sure fans are happy to, you know, with that. They, they had enough down years before, um, but that is the reality of the NFL, and, and sometimes it can help. Yeah, Might be skipping a little too far ahead in this conversation to ask you about free agent wide receivers, Brad. Like, I, I know just a cursory glance. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Set the list doesn't look that attractive. You're probably going to you know, pay a, just a, a, an exorbitant amount for a player who probably doesn't warrant it uh, if you go shopping in that market. I don't know, is there, but the Bills definitely have a need, um, you know, and they can draft that, of course, but if they're looking for something more proven ahead of the draft, I don't know, is there, is there a sneaky, smart idea out there that you like for them at receiver? You know, unfortunately, you're, you're spot on. It is not a very talented group. Um, which yeah, then could in turn maybe drive those prices up higher than what you're comfortable with because of the scarcity. I think maybe one name that could be interesting if they want to add a you know a speed element in the slot is Paris Campbell from Indianapolis. You know, a guy could not get on the field for the first three years of his career. Finally, did play 85% of snaps, played in every game this season, and I still don't think he's going to break the bank just because there is some of that downside risk. But for me, honestly, in, in the draft. Um, end of the first round, I think there are going to be some really talented wide receivers there. I'm sure you, you know, you've talked about all the names, but Jordan Addison at USC and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. And I, and I think these guys are going to fall into that range in the late 20s, um, and maybe that's where you strike and, and bring in a young player that could eventually you know, become the number one guy on the team in, in a couple of years down the road. Brad, one more. The running back market. So many big names at running back are up. Josh Jacobs off the year he had, Saquon Barkley, and many others. The Bills have Devin Singletary, who's on this list. What will that mean? I can't figure out. I play a lot of fantasy, and there's going to be so much player movement, but it seems like way more supply than demand, and I can get, this has been true for years, you know, I can get a good or, you know, good enough running back from the draft in the mid-rounds, I think. Like, what do you think it adds up to? Yeah, so the, so the exact opposite of wide receiver. It is, again, just like I mentioned with linebacker, it might be the deepest or one of the deepest you know, free agent groups at running back in years, um, which, again, should probably lead to a buyer's market, especially at a position like running back. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think the Bills, obviously they tried the you know, day two pick route three times, and you could argue you know, there's not a ton of evidence any of those three were you know, home run hits or, or you know, they really worked out. I mean, Singletary is a fine player. It's a little early on Cook. I think you probably wanted more out of a second-round pick than what you got so far. But, yeah, I don't think they can afford to spend much there at all. I think it's James Cook, and maybe you keep Naheem Hines because he has the return element and the receiving element, and then you add, you know, a third down, short yardage, goal line type back. Um, You know, I guess Josh Allen is that right now. But, yeah, that's a luxury that I don't think they can afford. Do you see those guys I mentioned, or is, is Dalvin Cook on this list maybe? There's a lot of them, whoever it is. Uh, do you see some number of those guys really doing well in free agency or are teams now at a point where like they know not to do that? 
teams really have shown, uh, you know, that they kind of agree with the, the sentiment of, you know, some of us nerds out there. But, no, I mean, all jokes aside, like, I, I think the Nick Chubb contract was a bit of a pivotal point. Um, him getting three years, $36.6 million, about $12.2 million per year, when he was clearly one of the best running backs in the NFL. Yes, he doesn't really have a receiving you know, element to his game, which can boost your value. That's probably why Christian McCaffrey is the highest paid running back in the NFL. Um, and Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs do offer that. But I think that the, the market is capped. I mean, McCaffrey signed in 2019 at $16 million a year. Ezekiel Elliott was the year before that at $15 million a year. And I don't think Barkley or Jacobs, you know, the two top guys this year, are going to sniff that. I think it's going to be in that 12 to 13 maybe 14 if some team goes big. Um, you know, that's where Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, all those guys are right in that neighborhood. And I think there's kind of a, a ceiling on the position market right now. Right on. And I mentioned Cook, but he's not an unrestricted free agent. He ha- doesn't have the biggest ca- dead cap number, so we'll see. But he is not on the UFA list. Brad, really not, good. Yeah, he could be. <laughs> he, he could he, be eventually. <laughs> he could be eventually, right. Thank you, Brad. Really helpful and interesting. I'm glad we were able to connect. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right. Brad Spielberger of PFF on Twitter, at PFF underscore Brad. Here for your calls on the Bills, the offseason, and the Sabres and their winning streak of late. We've started the show today talking about them. 803-0550. We'll look for your calls next. Mike Shope and the Bulldog WGR. They had some lean years without getting too much into their build, and I don't want to suck bad enough to have to get Jamar Chase. Like He's a heck of a talent. I'd love to have him. But you got to go through some lean years to do that. And, you know, they were able to get Burrow one. And I don't remember where Chase was drafted, but it was pretty high. Like, and those guys are on their rookie deals. We're paying Stefan Diggs a pretty hefty number. We're paying Josh Allen a pretty hefty number. So there is the constraints of the cap, but they have a really good team and they got some good young players. As soon as Brandon Bean said the line yesterday about the Bengals, and maybe you were the same, everybody, just sort of like, hmm, is this going to be something that we talk about? Joe Goodberry, Bengals, he's been on the show many times. He was on last week when you were off, I think last last Wednesday. this time last Wednesday, yeah. yeah. Right, lives in the area. Um, He immediately saw that and went, oh, (laughs) what's this? This is a smack on the Bengals. I mean, is it? I would say at least mostly no, but it's kind of it's. He's not wrong, of course. That's what matters to me. It's right. just like when these guys say something that's right, but it's also like maybe not perfectly friendly to someone else. Then that's that that makes the rounds. It's a it's a little bit edgy. It I is. Think. I, I I think it was maybe the the the, the thought I had was, um, and we never really got to it much yesterday, but I thought. That's for for anyone in the NFL to say that about another team is just like that sort of bold. Um, you don't usually hear guys be that frank about other teams. You're right; it's not wrong. I mean, are the Bengals mad because they were terrible three years ago or four, whenever they made, made those draft picks? I mean, so it's not incorrect. Um, what what I I'll tell you what I didn't really love about it. Now that we're here. Um, and, if, you know, of course, that, that comment has made the rounds, and so maybe you're thinking more about the entire thing that he's saying there. Like, you know, like they're, they, they're on rookie contracts. 
Well, you had that shot last year and the year before. Like that was that was when Allen was on his rookie contract, and you hadn't paid Diggs what you're paying him now. You're paying him handsomely, but you know certainly more than a, a rookie first rounder even. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, it feels a little bit like you know you're you're you're. He's not exactly complaining. He's just stating facts. Like they they do have that benefit, but shame on you that you didn't take advantage of it. Like you ran out of runway. Uh, with your rookie quarterback contract, in part because, I don't know, your team couldn't figure out how to play the final 13 seconds of a game they should have won. Well, uh, Cincinnati. so Chase was the fifth pick in 2021, and that's after Burrow was there. Like, Burrow's rookie year, he gets hurt in the middle of the season, and they end up 4-11-1. They were only, the injury was in Washington, I'm looking at their season. So they were 2-6-1 when Burrow went down in the game against Washington and ended up with the fifth pick and drafted Jamar Chase. So, um, okay. The the credit I think you got to give Cincinnati for making that pick is that they knew, like, the, they got the quarterback and you got to protect him. And he had just gotten hurt. And so Penny Sewell, as I remember it, yep. was at the top of that draft, and that was a big debate. And they just went ahead and drafted you know, Burroughs college wide receiver. And I think that worked out pretty well. Oh yeah. That was a really fun draft. Cause like, you know, your name here playing left tackle for them and it didn't even matter on Sunday. That'd be John McEntee, yeah. by the way. It's, I, I can sense more, more disrespect. David is with us. Hi, David. Hello, David. Yes. Hello. Hi. Come on. Hey, uh, 55 year fan. First time caller. All right. Um, Be careful. No, I got a couple questions. Um, One, Stefan Diggs. What's his yards after catch? Because most of it's just not there. He gets the ball, but he doesn't get downfield to me. Like I used to watch, I grew up in the Bay Area. I watched Joe Montana throw the ball. Ten-yard pass to Jerry Rice, 80-yard touchdown, and Joe Montana gets a 90-yard touchdown out of it. The other thing I got is defense was never the same after Von Miller went down. And uh, my biggest thing is the salary cap. That's what I'm calling on. Uh, I just feel that if the Bills or any other team draft the guys, why can't they just continue paying him as long as he's on the team and without being under a cap of any type? He becomes a free agent, wants to off the team, then he – becomes a free agent, and then he goes under a salary cap under another team. Wouldn't that help structure the, the team so they can keep the players they draft? You're talking about, like, why the rule isn't this way in the NFL? Well, look, at, I mean, like in the old days, you know, you you were on the team. You were drafted on the team. You stayed on the team. The only way you were off, you got traded. Right. I mean, the the, the system players. exists for the, for the players. Uh, right. Anything that limits player movement, uh, would be a tough thing to get past the Players Association. Um, I have heard the idea that, that you're presenting, not exactly, but like um, you know, an exemption, right? The NBA, I think, has this, right? So we've got a cap, but if it's your own guy and you're trying to keep him, there's a certain, you can exceed it by a certain amount or whatever. Um, look, that would have to be collectively bargained. Uh, the players wanted the freedom and the movement, and they got it, and everyone lives in the system. So, I mean, 
it's very beneficial for the player to get to free agency. Anything that's a hurdle to that, I think, would be viewed very negatively by the players. So that's why it's not not been changed, and I wouldn't expect it to be changed. I just think that you know that way, if you pursue your own player, you can keep them. Yeah, no, I I, I get you it. Know? I mean, I I just gave, I gave you what I think is the best reason why it hasn't happened, and I wouldn't think it's likely to happen. It's because the, the but, player I mean, if movement. They, is... If they wanted to pursue, like I said, they they could still go out and pursue you know another team, but then they're under a salary cap. Yeah, I think it's been explained. Uh, thanks, David. It goes the other way before it goes that way. Like, like you could have the draft go away someday. That's what should happen. I love the draft. I hope it doesn't, just selfishly. I think I'm like most people. But really, players should have the right, just like we're seeing in college sports now, you know? Mm-hmm. They should have the right to decide where they're going to work. And in the NFL, you don't for, what, three, four, five years, depending on when you're drafted. So, I don't know. Um, there's no, yep. There's no impetus at all toward going back in time and restricting player New. movements. Like, this That's is never, not going to happen. Never gonna happen. Uh, what, what the caller's name was David. Yeah. Uh, the front end of his point about <laughs> I don't, I, Diggs is their best receiver, but the caller's right about yards after catch in general. The, the Bills were terrible at it last year. It was a point of emphasis in the offseason, as I recall, that they wanted to get better at it. And they still were terrible at it. Like they were negligible. They might have been last last year. This year they might have been thirtieth. It's just not something that is built into their offense. What I think is interesting is that it was a point of focus to improve on, and they really did not in any tangible. I mean, negligibly, maybe they improved. To me, but, this is one that's on everybody. This run after the it's on everybody. It's on who are the players you have. I don't would not choose to be critical of Diggs and make some like he's not Jerry Rice or something. Like who's Jerry Rice? But I would not be critical of Diggs. It's just like you think of Davis next, and Davis is not run after the catch. Davis is run to a spot, and Allen hits him, and he jumps over the guy, and maybe he catches it. Like that's sort of Davis. They they don't have the roster for it, and it's a little bit Allen. You know the way the way he plays. He's not just. He's not Joe Montana, right? Different mm-hmm. different quarterbacks on the top level have different styles. And then you'd also have to say scheme, too. Because, you know, run after the catch can be Christian McCaffrey. Can be right. some like a running back. James Cook. James Cook. <laughs> I saw a chart on this today um, from Austin Gale. And, like, James Cook was basically just a zero. And I don't know if Cook isn't capable of it, but it just wasn't a part of their offense. So, it's to me, this is a little bit on everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, I think it's interesting that we talked about it last year, then they talked about wanting to be better at it, and nothing really changed. Speaking of Jerry Rice, because I've been waiting to to put this to you, Jerry Rice is first all-time, he's first all-time in a lot of things. One category is postseason receptions. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? That's believable, sure. isn't it? Yeah. Jerry Rice is the leader all-time, 151. Catches in the playoffs. A lot of playoff games. Yeah, sure. Do you know who's second? I don't. um, All-time catches in the playoffs. He's active. He's active. Um, In fact, his team is still active as well. Okay. In this year's playoffs. Uh, Huh. 
I'm, I, hmm. You'd get it if you had more time now, because there's only one guy it can be with that clue. Still alive in this year's playoffs. There's only one guy it can be. Oh, it's Kelsey. Kelsey. Travis Kelsey is second all time in catches in the postseason. Wow. Right? Like that's a lot of it's a lot of games. Ten years yeah. in the league now. Yeah. Top five. Rice, Kelsey, Edelman. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gronk. Sure. Reggie Wayne. Reggie Wayne. I'd have been here the rest of my life trying to think of him. Yeah, this, this Reggie stat. Wayne. Because there's I mean, there's only one Super Bowl in there. Uh, wow, that's... But they were always in. They were always in, that's right. They played, but, you know, again, you know, they've lost, you know, in the second round a few times and certainly in the championship round a couple times, too, I think. I'll give you the top 11. Rice, Kelsey, Edelman, Gronk, Reggie Wayne. Six is Tyreek Hill. Seven is... You get to read here, aren't you? I'm going to even do better than that. Okay. Seven is a tie, Heinz Ward and Wes Welker. Nine is Michael Irvin. How is Maker... I see him a lot. I never. We don't talk anymore. I see him a lot. I haven't seen him nor. I, I, I'm. 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 I'm at a loss on uh, on the playmaker. Nine is Michael Irvin. Ten is Andre Reed. Eleven is Thurman Thomas. All right. Look at that. Nice. All time catches in the playoffs. Here's Matthew next. Hi, Matthew. Hi. Hi, Matthew. Um, Thank you for calling. Good. Uh, thanks. Uh, I just wanted to add the point um, that um, when you were talking about Brandon Bean. Um, I don't think that really makes much sense, what he said, because we were bad enough when we drafted Allen, and technically Diggs' pick would have been Justin Jefferson. So I just wanted to add that point. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Okay. Sure. Yeah, look, you and people immediately started compiling lists of, of guys that are great receivers that have been picked way, way after Jamar Chase was picked at five in the year he was drafted, right? T. Higgins is another example of that. First pick of the second round, Metcalf, Pickens last year, if you want him. I mean, he's not established as great, but he certainly is tracking towards being a really spectacular receiver. There's lots of guys. Uh, A.J. Brown, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of guys. So you got to prioritize picking one with your first pick, maybe. Who, who knows if the Bills would have picked Justin Jefferson? I, I don't know. The Vikings did. The, like, I don't know. if somebody, somebody might know that. I don't know that. So when I say who knows, I mean I don't know if the Bills would have picked Justin Jefferson. Somebody can tell me. Um, the point isn't really any of that. The point is, like, why is this a question yesterday when – Sal, I think it was, asked Bean about receivers. Bean kind of jumped in and like, well, we have Stephon Diggs. He was a first, he was our first-round pick. Like, yeah, but no. Like, the point for me is that the Bills have passed on plenty of receivers who are nice in the league now for other guys, and usually it's defense. And, you know, Bean might be a little defensive about that. So when he's saying the Bengals had to suck or when he's saying we have Stephon Diggs, you know, like there was a little bit of an edge to that, I thought. I understand it. I mean, he's made – he's done a great job. Like they've, they've, they've been so good. And you lose in the playoffs, it's just a, a one bad day, and oh, boy, everybody's going to want to see us do everything now. And mm-hmm. like the way he started yesterday was kind of a measured, completely correct. We've been really good. Here's the, here's the body of work. Hate to lose. Sorry, you know. So I think he's got the right tone for it, but a little bit of that, well, you know, came out in the chase quote, maybe, you know, just my read, and also what he, how he jumped in on Sal's question about 
that we have Stephon Diggs instead. Like I, I had for you, oh, they haven't drafted a player in the Pro Bowl since 2018. Four drafts in a row, nobody's in the Pro Bowl. Well, what could Bean say to that? We've been really good. We've got veterans. We don't have positions for some of these guys. You know, think of the draft last year, even the year before. That's one. And then they, they made the Diggs trade. Diggs is that level, and right. he's just not a draft pick. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, back with more of your calls after this timeout on WGR. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, welcome back. If you're into the Sabres, we had a nice conversation about their position in the standings and how they look. At the beginning of today's show, check it out on the Odyssey app. We'll also have Paul Hamilton on at 5.30 for more on their uh, winning streak and how they look in the standings, which is pretty good. Pretty good, actually. So um, we encourage you to do that, talking mostly Bills at the moment. Here is Caleb with us. Hi, Caleb. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, Caleb. Thanks for calling. Hey, uh... Just wanted to ask you a question, your opinion on uh, why you think the Bills didn't play their rookie offensive weapons as much as maybe some expected to. Like, obviously the conversation about James Cook, him only getting like eight or nine carries a game this season behind Devin Singletary. Another one that recently has been popped up is Khalil Shakir. I mean, he played really well in the couple playoff games, and I don't know, personally I didn't see him much throughout the season so what, what do you guys think about why that happened do you think that's maybe uh, an offensive coordinator like a Ken Dorsey situation I know uh, the guys used to back in early in the season they talked about maybe a culture fit like James Cook wasn't really focusing on practice and things like that do you think that might be the same thing with Khalil Shakir just just wondering your opinion on that uh, I mean I, I don't know about about uh, any of that like you know the, the, the but it's oh there's always something first of all you're a rookie on a stacked team that is the super bowl favorite so like that's that's an uphill battle especially if you can be at times to be reluctant to trust guys especially with the ball in their hands like i feel like skill rookies might be viewed might be i'm saying i don't know this might be viewed differently by this coaching staff by mcdermott than say cornerbacks or linebackers um, or defensive ends. Um, and Cook, you know, made the mistake of fumbling his very first touch right. in the NFL. And so that just adds to it, you know, the comfort the quarterback feels either throwing the ball to Cook out of the backfield. That's probably more of a structure of the offense thing. If he never felt like he could trust Shakir, that would be a reason. And again, I'm I'm supposing at these things. I don't I don't know. I haven't heard, certainly not from anywhere that I trust that like Allen had issues with this receiver or that receiver. Um, but I think Shakir is someone almost by default right now that they'll be counting on next year. I mean, I don't know what their plans are with Beasley. Beasley said he wants to come back. I don't know if the Bills are into that or not. McKenzie's what McKenzie is. Crowder, I don't know. Like, Shakir, I think, will matter to this team moving forward. I think he's a reliable, good player. I think it just takes time is all. So I would Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Say trust is, is what that is, and it could be some of what the caller is suggesting. If they weren't practicing the way the coaching staff likes, that that you know that that takes that can take the guy longer to matter for a team. I would like, for my own purposes, sitting here on the air, to be able to say that the Bills had a bias against the rookies, which a lot of teams do. Some are even open about it, and you know may, maybe there is that. It could it could be right. But I don't know it to be right. And I, as much as I'd like to be able to sort of stand on that point that, well, Elam didn't start right away. Cook didn't play for a long time. Shakir didn't really play at all. Like, that there was this. Bean went into Spencer Brown yesterday. Like, I want to be able to say that, but I can't with full confidence. And part of it, part of my reluctance to do so, to assume it, is... I know it's not what you want to hear right now, but look at the season they just had. <laughs> they lost three games. How? They're melting in Miami, and they outgained the Dolphins by a million and somehow lose by two. The Patrick Peterson game, which is like, what? They the lost, stupidest loss. The stupidest loss ever. And the Jet loss, which was weird, too. That's it. They won literally every other game they played until Sunday. And what I want from these rookies for the Bills, what I want the Bills to be saying right now is we didn't get enough or maybe ask enough of Cook and Shakir Sunday that these were playmakers and we got here and we didn't really – I mean, Shakir had a couple catches, right? He looked good, again. Mm -hmm. Not that you can see what he's doing on every play watching the game on TV, but it's just – they were they were San Francisco edged them out for the point differential. Like they were right, second by four points in the league again for point differential. These guys have been just flat out dominant for three years, and the the puzzle, the enigma is, or the the the, the question is for me not Cook or anybody. Why didn't they fold into the rotation more often earlier in the season? Well. They were winning constantly. It's that on Sunday, or even other years for this with other guys, when they needed to to win in this game, they were in tough on offense. They didn't amount to very much. That's what I take away from it all. Mm-hmm. I understand Cook and Shakir not playing more all year. The Bills were fine. like They were never not fine this year. But this one game, and then you go, well... How fair is it to scrutinize one game like that? Yes, it's the playoffs, but still, like, it's so, it's 60 plays or whatever it is. You can't do everything. And so, I don't know. Um, If they do have sort of a bias against these guys, I tend to think about all sports that that's overdone. The coaches are too set in their ways, that they're too interested in veterans. You've seen rosters morph over years in other sports. Think of hockey. Like all those guys in their 30s who used to fill out rosters, they don't even exist anymore in the NHL hardly. There's been definitely a push toward youth. I think that should be the case here. Maybe it is, but it's a fair question. I just 
This this team won all year, yeah. and it's hard to blame them for what they weren't doing. In you know, bottom line, mm-hmm. T- time out here. We'll do sports and talk some more. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, WGR. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.